This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. We live in a country with many Indias. Even in our largest metro, we come across patients from varied spectrum, liberated to conservative to restricted. From daughters who are at ease discussing sexuality in presence of their moms, to affluent families where educated daughter-in-law still keeps her head covered in presence of men at home. Hello ladies, thank you for tuning in to Guy from Guy and I. This is Dr. Ash and I'm going to speak directly to you, things that you've always been wanting to hear from someone. So let us begin our journey. Sex, a palpable scruffy word in the lexicon of India. The cultural norms in India are heavily engraved in the society which acts as a barrier towards sex education. There lies a belief that sex education is only for sex and it sounds nothing less than illogical. Had the ancient Indian system not been that resilient and advanced in imparting effective sex education in the society, the erotic sculptures and the popular literatures on sexuality like Kama Sutra, Ratirahisya, Anangaranga might not have been created by our ancestors. It's been seen that there lies a societal intransigence when it comes to sex education, a general hesitancy. Societies can be judged by the level of the civilization, by the care they give their most vulnerable, and in most cases, women and young people. Hence the need to educate them right from an early age, which will help the young to mold into better adults. We still come across questions like, can a man and a woman sleeping together in the same bed lead to pregnancy? Or, will application of semen clear the pimples on my face? Does swallowing semen cause pregnancy? Or, can one get pregnant while watching porn videos? Why should such questions arise? Well, it's because there is a lack of proper dialogue around sex education. Even if there is, it does not cross beyond some menstruation-related talks to girls or whatever conversation happens, that's at a very informal level. There are 190 million adolescents in India. Growing girls usually have questions regarding their menstruation, physical appearance and normal sexual behavior. Whereas for boys, it's mainly nocturnal emission, masturbations and body size. Exploratory studies in India reveal a knowledge gap, the perceived need of sex education by adolescents and school teachers, but there is a genuine dearth of literature on how to implement sex education programs, both in the West as well as in India. Even parents are reluctant to teach or reveal important info. For example, when girls turn to their mothers with doubts, all they get are broken replies, especially when it comes to sex because it's regarded as dirty and embarrassing. Adding to that, there is literally no education about consent and attraction or about substance abuse and STIs. Emphasis is to be made on introduction of an exclusive pedagogy of sex education which has diverse dimensions like knowledge about gender identity and pubertal changes, awareness about sexual abuse, understanding sexual health and contraception, 
along with information regarding sexually transmitted disease, predominantly HIV AIDS. These need to be targeted at different phases of life, right from kindergarten to adolescence to adulthood. Surprisingly, in 1952, India became the first country in the world to have a national family planning program. Yet, when it comes to India, all we talk about in grade schools are about birds and bees. There are no honest and open conversations addressing growth and development. Sex education is even viewed as a Western influence to corrupt Indian culture. In 2007, Health Education for Adolescents was promoted by National AIDS Control Organization and Ministry of Human Resource. But the then government condemned this, citing that it increased promiscuity and irresponsible behavior. And such education was against the traditional Indian values, so much so that it was banned in major states including Gujarat, Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, Karnataka, Rajasthan and Goa. The government believed in promoting abstinence over crude and vulgar education and that even though condom ensured safe sex, the safest sex was through faithfulness towards one's partner. In 2014, the then health minister wanted to even ban sex education and instead declared that yoga should be made compulsory in all schools. Teachers and schools promoting sex education were threatened by various samithis and sangs too. But little did anyone know that how abysmal our statistics were when it came to teenage pregnancy, child abuse or even for people living with AIDS. Dr. Benjamin Spock, an American pediatrician and an author, was of the opinion that sex education, including its spiritual aspects, should be a part of both health and moral education, from kindergarten to grade 12, ideally carried out by parents and teachers. For those curious about what happens in other countries, in European countries, they permit it as sex and relationship education that has a more comprehensive approach with additional emotional touch, involvement of parents and teaching wide range of subjects without taboo. Netherlands, the most gender equal country, has the most comprehensive sex education curriculum. Kids as young as 4 years old are introduced to sex education. Conversations are not explicit about sex acts, but love, respect and intimacy form a major part of it. And what have they achieved? The rate of contraception used at first intercourse touches 85%. Also, this country has the lowest rates of teenage pregnancies and STIs. In Austria, sex education is mandatory in schools since 1970 and regulated by the Ministry of Education. The lessons start from primary school level, being imparted by teachers with the inclusion of parents. While in Denmark, along with this formal education, external experts such as prostitutes, homosexuals or even HIV positive persons are invited to speak in schools about their experience. But then, there are countries where there is a strict silence regarding this. Like in Poland, discussion on sexuality is a taboo at school as well as at home. Similarly, in Spain, the subject is hardly ever taught in schools in rural areas. Up next is America. There have been hindrances in this country when it comes to sex education. Majorly, it is dependent on NGOs to do active contribution towards sex education with minimal funding from the government. 
the focus is more on abstinence and less on contraception. It urges young people to say no, but lacks in diversifying the knowledge in preventing high-risk behavior, the use of contraception, sexual orientation, etc. And the results are, this country ranks among the first when it comes to teenage pregnancies and STIs. Now back to India. The mistake we make is to think that sex education is an adult topic or it's a topic only for girls or women. Even if sex education happens in certain schools, girls and boys are made to sit in different classrooms or NGOs are made to bridge the gap for this education. There have been differences with the government too and the entire topic of sex education. It was said that the major reason for this type of education was for MNCs to promote and increase the sale of condoms? Yes, you heard me right. It was believed that such education structure will make innocent students more curious, making them sexually proactive and affect their mental development and that basic life skills are sufficient for adolescent population in the name of growth and development education. Though we still refrain from calling it sex education, the term currently coined is family life education in collaboration with HRD and NACO. As per WHO, using a more appealing term as family life education results in delayed entering into sexual relationships, a reduced number of partners, increased use of contraceptive and positive sexual behavior. Telangana in 2016 became the first state in India to make gender education compulsory at grad school level and has even introduced a bilingual textbook called Towards a World of Equals. In 2018, Union Health Ministry and MHRD put forward the idea of role-play and activity-based module titled School Health Program with the help of specially trained teachers and peer educators with a total training of 22 hours with one period per week dedicated to it. In February 2020, the government launched a new curriculum the Adolescent's Education for classes 6 to 10. Though it does not mention the term sex education anywhere, it is still a big step. Apart from including gender equality, this curriculum includes teaching about healthy growth, emotional well-being and mental health, prevention and management of substance abuse, reproductive health and HIV prevention, safety and security against violence and injuries, and promotion of safe use of internet, media and social media. A retrospective study which analyzed data from district-level household and facility survey stated that 80% of the unmarried women in the age group of 15 to 24 years perceived the importance of family life education. Freudian theory of psychosexual development brings about the conceptual evolution of sexuality across the ages. It is a natural instinctual tendency of human beings to explore about sexuality from an early age. According to Sigmund Freud, childhood attributes play important role in identity formation and affect behavioral patterns. A study conducted by Indian Ministry of Women and Child Development along with UNICEF and Prayas noted that 53% of children in the age group 5 to 12 years go through sexual abuse. Surprisingly, the incidences are more in cases of boys. 57.3% boys suffer from severe sexual abuse, including rape or sodomy. Also, 
such acts are perpetrated by parents, legal guardians or relatives and more than half of them are unspoken of or even underreported. Family life education at an early age might help the vulnerable young population to be aware of their sexual rights and empower them to protect themselves from any undesired act of violence, sexual abuse and molestation. Judith Lewis Herman, an author and a psychiatrist, believes that since most sexual abuse begins well before puberty, preventive education should begin in grade school and be included as a part of the curriculum. With this, the child can even learn about sexual abuse and voice against it without being frightened or developing negative sexual attitudes. Gender role is responsible for differential attitude and behavior of the adolescent's male and female. Adolescents find themselves at a vulnerable stage of their lives where influences of peer pressure can be conducive to socially unacceptable and perhaps even criminal group behavior. Adolescents girls are expected to develop some shyness in a social situation, whereas boys are expected to act boldly. Gender inequality begins around the adolescents. Young girls are anxious and underprepared about their physical changes that happen during puberty and this can often come as alarming and may be embarrassing too. Menstrual cycle problems are not expressed freely by young girls and thus they struggle to maintain proper intimate hygiene. Menarche in India usually happens at around 12 to 13 years of age but the normal growth spurt begins by the age of 10. Girls need to be explained not only about menstruation but also regarding general growth and breast development. They need to be taught about menstrual hygiene and how to maintain a period diary. Other important aspects include risks related to teenage pregnancies and reproductive tract infections. In villages in India, girls are married before any knowledge of sex. As per UNICEF, there are roughly 240 million women alive in India who were married before the age of 18. 240 million. Also, the mentalities for girls to get pregnant wherein they are encouraged to reproduce as soon as they are married. As per the latest statistics, though the age of marriage of girls have increased to 20.6 years, 27% of girls are married before the age of 18 years and 52% of them already have begun childbearing. 62 of every 1000 teen girls are pregnant. That is double that of US, 3 times that of the United Kingdom and 10 times higher than the Western Europe. Also pregnancy outside wedlock is still a stigma and abortion is still not amicable in the society as I have already spoken about it in my previous episode on abortion, making girls opt for unsafe means which are life-threatening. Boys go through same difficult physical and emotional change as well, but they don't have any defining events and are thus neglected. Masturbation and nocturnal emissions are not given enough attention. Naturally, they move to porn, friends, magazines or internet and have a confused understanding of sex with incitable fantasies. Such inquisitiveness can be harmful for later life too since there is no teaching about healthy emotional growth and responsible adulthood. Men are not sensitized about women's issues. They have no idea and then they are found in a room to procreate. They also lack respect for the opposite gender. 
we have had husbands who have never consummated a marriage. Men are afraid to discuss reproductive issues regarding erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, as it is deemed as an attack on their masculinity. Also, since men do not get pregnant, doesn't mean that they don't get raped. 18% of guys are forced to coerce sex. And 61% of people living with HIV are men. All these data make it more important to understand the urge and the need to channelize proper sex education right at the development and growing age. Moving to safe sex, contraception is rarely used within or outside of marriage. One of the NFHS data shows that 7.1% of married women between the age 15 to 19 and 21% women between 20 to 24 years of age lack access to contraception. Family planning such as sterilization and contraception propagation are carried out with the help of accredited social health workers but not enough thought is given to stopping early marriage and birth spacing. Modern contraceptive uses are basically low ranging from a mere 12% in Delhi to 2% in Bihar in the age group of 15 to 19 years with a huge unmet need in 45% of women in the same age group. This is further complicated by the rising incidences of HIV AIDS with the adolescents and young population comprising 34% of the total AIDS burden. According to UNH's report, there were 23 lakh people of 15 years and above living with HIV in India with one youth infected with HIV almost every 15 seconds. Among that, only 19% of girls and 35% of boys have comprehensive knowledge of both HIV and AIDS. A study conducted in Tamil Nadu shows that of the people coming to the HIV outpatient clinic, 29% were women and only 12% were aware of their severity. None of them had any knowledge of mother-to-child transmission. In 2005, a study in Delhi inferred that 71% girls had no knowledge about genital herpes. Similarly, 43% had no clue about syphilis and 28% had no idea about gonorrhea. Evidence suggests that early diagnosis and treatment of STIs, reproductive tract infections, which include behavioral change through education among target groups, has the potential to reduce considerably the transmission of sexually transmitted diseases. But who does one reach out to? How does one get access to proper information? What role do parents, teachers, government, media or NGOs play in imparting this education? The mixture of myths and stigma, secrecy, lack of education, social disparity and negative media confuses young people and encourages poor self-esteem resulting in uninformed choices being made and it may lead to incorrect knowledge about sex, unprotected sex, unplanned pregnancies, STIs including HIV AIDS or deeply unhappy and damaging relationship. Studies even show that majority of parents do not accept the responsibility of providing sex education with 88% of the males and 58% of the female students in college in Mumbai reporting that they have received no sex education from parents. Also Tarshi, talking about reproductive and sexual health issues, a NGO in New Delhi noted that 21% of men and 37% of women reported that they felt embarrassed while attending family life education. It is ironic that India being the land of Kama Sutra, where sexuality was expressed artistically through sculptures of everyday life, and our great leaders like Gandhi and Nehru 
have written so much and spoken so elegantly about experimentation with their own sexuality with meaning and purpose. Yet, when it comes to sex education, as a nation, we are still struggling. Balance between eagerness and ambitious proposals of NGOs to implement varied sexuality educations in schools and the restrictive approach of the politicians need to be achieved to ensure that the process of imparting sex education to stakeholders is well measured and less controversial. There should be transparency, fair communication and possibility of receiving feedbacks for such programs. Incorporation of expertise from healthcare professionals such as psychologists, social workers, psychiatrists, gynecologists can help tailor the existing program so they are more likely to be effective to target maximum audiences through both formal and informal way of communication over long term in impacting the attitudes and behavior in such a way it reflects positively on their general health and sexual health. We need to look beyond the envelope of social stigma, conquering hopes and escaping fears. The right kind of information will empower the youth to make informed decisions so that a transformation of psyche and views lead to a progressive society. As author Fatima Muhammad aptly puts it, sex education is essential to create healthy self-knowledge and reconciliation, healthy conversation and understanding, healthy mindset and a healthy lifestyle. That's all I have for you in this episode. If you love this episode, do share your views on my Instagram or Twitter handle. As always, let me leave you with a thought. Remember, you matter, you are important, and you're heard. I'm all about you, and I wish you an amazing week. Goodbye.